What is up, my AGP fam? It is your host, as always, Ricky Gray Jr., and it's time for some UFC action. John Jones is looking to keep the pass behind him with another title defense against Anthony Smith. The welterweight champion Tyron Woodley is looking to lock down Kamaru Usman in their fight. Plus, we're going to be talking about the rest of the main event fights this week. So put that mouthpiece in, because I'm about to hit you with some fun. I'm Ricky Gray Jr., and this is All Good Points. Now let's get to it. So the way that I'm going to be doing this is basically working up to the main event. So the fight that I'm going to start with, basically I'll start by um, starting with the end of the card um, at the beginning. So the first fight up is going to be uh, the bantamweight fight between Cody Garbrandt and uh, Pedro Munoz or Munoz. I don't really know how to pronounce that. It's a it's a different name. Um, Munoz? Here's the thing. It's spelled M-U-N-H-O-Z. So if you know how to say that, hit me up and then like show me like the pronunciation of that word. Anyways, uh, Cody is coming back from a huge loss last year to TJ Dillashaw, which put him out of contention for a while. Now he's going to face the quote-unquote young punisher, um, is what Pedro goes by, um, who's coming off a first-round knockout against Bar- uh, Brian Caraway. So here's the thing. We know um, what Cody's game is, okay? He's a striker with very, very significant power for his weight because he's a smaller guy. Bantamweight is 135. He's a smaller guy, but he hits really, really hard. The only thing I would say Cody's weakness is is when a fight goes to the ground. That's when he seems to have a lot of trouble. Now, Munoz, or Munoz, or however you pronounce it, on the other hand, has eight wins by submission, but do not mistake him for a light puncher. He's not a light puncher by any sense of the word. Um, The thing is, his hand speed doesn't really match Cody. Now, I'm just going to take a second to talk about uh, Cody Garbrandt. Cordy, Cordy. Anyways, Cody uh, went on a tear, right? He was just tearing through that bantamweight division, got to TJ Dillashaw. TJ Dillashaw just completely put him out of his misery. That's just because he stepped up to a caliber that he obviously was not ready for. The thing about Cody, though, is um, I would say like if you took, I don't want to say McGregor because he's not he's not nearly to that level, but let's just talk about like the striking style that he has. It's a lot like McGregor. It's based off of timing, okay? Um Got a really, really strong right hand that he likes to put people out with. So the way that he's going to do this is kind of just play his role a little bit. Um, probably mess with uh, Munoz, or Pe- I'm just going to say Pedro. Probably mess with Pedro a little bit um, to get him set up in the position where Cody can strike and probably put him out, which is what Cody really likes to do. He kind of like waits for that one punch that he can put somebody down with which is exactly what he's going to do here. So Pedro has to make sure that he doesn't play into the game that Cody wants him to play, which is not something that's very easy uh, to avoid because a lot of times when you're fighting a striker, they know from experience how to put you into the position that they want you to be in, which is really the way that no love is going to play this. He's going to play it as, okay, I know this guy's probably going to want to submit me because he knows about my power. So I'm going to play keep away for a little bit force him to swing, and when he swings and misses, inevitably, I'm going to counter. That's not to take away from the skill that Pedro has as a submission artist. If he does get a hold of Cody and get him to the ground, then it really just becomes Pedro's game. So I guess like the underlying thing here is whether or not he's going to be able to actually get him down to the ground. That's not something that's easy to do. Okay, so since since it's not an easy thing to do, you have to plan for it. 
So you have two guys that probably did a lot of studying here. One is studying to avoid going to the ground, and the other one is studying how to avoid the stand-up game. Pedro does have a good amount of punching power in his hands, but he can't compete with the technique that Cody has. Also, Cody has a habit of getting in his opponent's head. So it's kind of it's kind of like a toss-up there for me. Um, I don't really like it. Like I, I, I like the fight, of course, but I don't necessarily like this pick per se, because it's kind of a hard decision even for me to make. Um, Cody is minus 165. He's a favorite in this fight, if you don't know what the, the odds mean, but he's minus 165. He's the favorite in this fight. Um, I kind of want to go underdog here, but I think at the end of the day, I have to go with technique, experience, uh, speed and power for that weight division and take Cody in this fight versus Pedro. So now we're going to move on to the women's strawweight fight. Okay, so now we have a women's strawweight match between Ticia Torres and, uh, please forgive me, Wei Li Zhang. Okay, here's the thing. There's been a couple of people now that I'm having trouble with pronouncing their name. Sorry, okay? I'm just going to say sorry now. I'm sorry. They have hard names, okay? It's W-E-I-L-I, which I think is probably Weili, and then Z-H-A-N-G. So I'm going to say Zhang. So Weili Zhang. Um, now, I don't know a whole lot about Weili, but her record is like super, super, super impressive. She's 18-1. and one. Her only loss was being her first professional fight. And out of those 18 wins, only two of them are by decision. That's that's bonkers. She has nine knockouts and seven submissions. That fill up the rest of the other 16. So in a nutshell, this girl is deadly. Whether it's standing, whether it's on the ground, she is a deadly, deadly mixed martial artist. However, it's worth pointing out that she's only had two fights in the UFC against stronger competition versus what she was fighting before. But here's the thing. She's taking a very, very big step facing, uh, I think it's Tiny Tornado is what she goes by, uh, Ticia Torres, who is a very seasoned mixed martial artist. The thing is, Ticia has not fought since July of 2018. That's a long time away, um, and Zhang has been on a tear and had seven fights in 2017 before being picked up by the UFC. So she's been fighting, like, a lot. And I looked at, like, some of her things, um, some of her fights and things like that, um, I don't want to say that she reminds me of Joanna Joe Jacek. I don't know if I'm saying that right, okay? But find me somebody that can say Joanna's name right. Just find me one person that can say her name right. And I'll I'll retire. I'll just completely retire. I'll pack everything up and I'll go home. Just kidding. I'm not going to do that because I'm not a quitter. But um, striking-wise, she's very good. She's good on her feet. She's good on the ground because she is a... She's a good submission artist, okay? Now, she is coming from a lower competition level um, and then moving into the UFC. That's not something that's very hard to do or very easy to do. And she's also, right now, going to probably be facing her heaviest competition in Ticia Torres. Ticia is a kind of like a little firecracker. Like, you don't necessarily know what she's going to hit you with. You don't know if she's going to try to take you on the ground and, and you know, grind it out or if she's going to try to play the... Uh, play the stand-up battle or anything like that. Like, you don't necessarily know. But at the same time, um, I do think that the time away for Ticia is kind of going to play into Zhang's hand a little bit. Like, Zhang's going to be able to kind of play with that a little bit more versus um, somebody that, you know, has been fighting actively. So since Ticia has been out for so long, I do think that Zhang has the upper hand here. Zhang is also the favorite in this fight. 
Um, I can promise you guys that I'm not going to always pick favorites. I don't have all favorites lined up for this one, but unfortunately, just due to like the time that TC has been away versus the time that Zhang has been fighting and consistently either getting knockouts or submissions, I do not think that this bodes well for TC as Torres. That Tisia Torres, Tisia Torres. Anyways, I don't think that bodes well for Tisia. Um, I do think that this fight kind of plays into uh, Zhang's hand a little bit more, um, mainly because it seems like she's comfortable anywhere. If and if you have a fighter that's comfortable, whether it's on the ground or standing up, usually more often than not they win the fight, unless it's like some big blow that Tisia hits her with. I do not think that's going to happen. I think this this is kind of going to be a relatively easy walk for Zhang. Um, so I'm taking Zhang in this fight. But what we're going to do now, we're moving on to another big fight. Ben Askren, let's get to it. Now, moving on to what I think will be, if if not the most entertaining fight, one of the most entertaining fights, Robbie Lawler versus Ben Askren. Now, the reason why I think this fight is going to be super entertaining is because Robbie has never put on a bad show. I mean, there's a pretty solid chance that if you asked anyone what their favorite fight is, that it's probably going to be like Lawler versus McDonald. Robbie Lawler never disappoints in a fight. His opponent, Ben Askren, will be making his UFC debut. Askren is a grind-you-down wrestler, but he does have punching power to put you away. This time, honestly, I hate to do this. Well, actually, you know what? I don't hate to do this. I haven't took an underdog yet. So I'm going to take the underdog in this fight, Robbie Lawler. Now, Ben Askren has been training with Tyron Woodley. There's an interesting kind of dynamic there, okay? So if you think about it, Woodley, who is a good wrestler, has serious, and when I say serious, I mean really serious knockout power. We're going to talk about him next because he's the next fight coming up. But if you think about him training with somebody like that, you've got to imagine that Ben Askren's striking must be pretty good at this point. Is it good enough to complete, compete with somebody like Robbie Lawler? No. But the reason why I say that it's not up to up to par with somebody like Robbie Lawler is because Robbie is the kind of guy that you can punch him in the mouth a thousand times and he is not going to quit. If you I, you can pause the you can pause the podcast right now. Just go look up the highlights between the fight between um on the fight between Robbie Lawler and Rory McDonald. Watch that. His lip is literally split in half. Now, Rory and Robbie put on a crazy, crazy show that day. Like, that was the most insane fight that I ever watched. But Robbie's lip was, like, split off of his face. And he continued to fight and ended up putting McDonald away. Now, that's the thing about Robbie Lawler, though, is that there's zero quit in that guy. So even if Ben kind of plays to what he wants, which is wrestling, the problem is Robbie's a pretty damn good wrestler, too. So there's there's a very interesting dynamic in this fight. Robbie is trying to work his way back up the ladder again. That's what he's doing. Ben Askren, UFC debut, trying to make a name for himself. I get that. Unfortunately, though, I don't think he's got enough sauce to mess with Robbie Lawler. The crazy thing is, I guess it's not crazy because I didn't come up with the odds, but I think that's why for me it's crazy, is that Robbie is the underdog in this fight. When I first looked at it, I was I was actually kind of confused at the fact that they put Robbie as the underdog because if you know anything about Robbie he has like 
a zero quit mentality. Like this guy can go forever. He's like a goddamn energizer bunny or something like the, the fight that he has in him is amazing. And that's the kind of thing that propels you forward as a fighter and separates you basically from everybody else. And that goes out to everybody that goes out in like daily life. If you have a no quit and, and no surrender mentality, you're going to move forward in life past everybody else because that's that's the drive that you bring to what you do. If you have a passion for what you do, and Robbie has a passion for blood sport. That's what he loves. He lives and breathes blood. So he's not worried about a little grinded out kind of fight. I think he's probably going to get pissed off and get like really, really angry with Ben if Ben just tries to sit on him the whole time. So I'm hoping that doesn't happen. I'm hoping that Robbie's like striking keeps him at distance and keeps him at bay because one of the worst things about watching some of these fights is like you see a fight like Ben Askren versus Robbie Lawler and you're like oh wow like this could be really really entertaining this could go down as a very very entertaining fight and then Ben Askren comes out gets on top of him and just rides Robbie Lawler forever so god I I really hope that it doesn't turn into that because I told you guys that it was going to be entertaining and if it isn't I know what's going to happen you guys are going to unsub unfollow and and drag me through the streets but at the end of the day personally what i feel is that this is going to be a very very entertaining fight it's two guys um both guys well one of the guys wants to make a name for himself the other guy wants to climb back up that ladder i do think that if i think if ben beats robbie it means more for ben than if robbie beats ben i don't know if that makes sense i don't know if that's adding up but that's just the way that i see it i do see it as being like a it, it means more if Ben Askren is able to put Robbie Lawler down because what Robbie Lawler means to the UFC. So I have to take my boy, Robbie Lawler. And the funny thing is, this is kind of like the first time that I've actually took Robbie Lawler because usually I pick like whoever else he's fighting. Um, but this time against Ben Askren, I think it's just a much better matchup for Robbie than some of the other ones that he's been in. Um so I have to I have to take Robbie. I think Robbie's actually going to put him down. I would say I would say look out for like a knockout in round 2 is what I would say. If he knocks him out in round 2, everybody owes me 10 bucks, all right? I got to thank a sponsor guys and then we'll get right back to the show. Allow me to paint a quick picture for you. You're getting ready to head out to the gym. You've got your pre-workout ready, you've got your protein sitting there, but uh-oh, you don't have a gym shaker. I've got a solution for you. Hit up gymshakers.ca, enter promo code AGPPOD at checkout for free shipping so you can get some of the coolest shakers that are out there on the market. Remember, gymshakers.ca, promo code AGPPOD at checkout for free shipping. Now, I'm just saying, you don't want to look like the guy that's got the water bottle with the pre-workout, all right? You got to look legit. That's why you need a gym shaker. So go to gymshakers.ca, Enter promo code AGPPOD at checkout so you can get shaken, baby. You got to be shaken. You got to shake it all the time, all right? Let's get back to the show. All right. All right. I know what you guys were waiting for. You've been you've been talking, you know, I, I know how the ether works. You guys are like, man, he keeps talking about these other fights. Get to the title fights. Well, don't worry. I'm getting to the title fights right now, okay? Right now. We've got first up. Woodley versus Usman. Honestly, this is kind of the first time that I'm excited to watch a Woodley fight. The main reason why is because Usman is coming off of 13 straight wins with big decision decision wins, Jesus Christ, decision wins over Damian Maya and Rafael Dos Anjos. Woodley 
is coming off of a really good win against Darren Till via DR's choke. Now, you hear people frequently say Woodley has boring, boring fights. This time, I don't even think it's going to it's going to have the chance to be boring because Usman is a constant pressure guy. Along with being a fairly good striker, he averages about four takedowns per match with 51% accuracy. Okay, so that means if he misses one, he gets the next. That's the way that it works. It's 50%, guys. It's odds. Okay, so if Woodley tries to play this run around game, Usman can shut it down pretty damn early. Also, the technique Usman has goes along with him being six feet tall versus a 5'9 Woodley, which is a significant height advantage, okay? It creates a two-inch reach. Now, I know what you guys are probably thinking out there. Usman is kind of like a guy that's, he's well-known, um, but he's not as well-known as Woodley. Woodley is the reigning champ. I'm not going to take that away from Woodley, okay? There's a lot of good things that Woodley does, one of which was my, well, probably one of my favorite knockouts that did not come from Anderson Silva, but it was Woodley's knockout over Josh Koscheck. He hit him so hard that Josh Koscheck basically squatted and then fell. If you guys have a second, this is another time I'm telling you, pause, pause it. Just pause the podcast. Go look up Woodley knocks out Koscheck. Watch that for a second. Just watch it. Okay. I'm just, just watch it. Believe me when I tell you it's nasty as hell. But actually, you know what? I think I'm just going to throw the highlights up on the page. So follow me on Instagram at All Good Points Podcast. But anyways, um, the interesting thing in this fight is that Usman has a one reach advantage, two height advantage, um, three he's a constant pressure guy. So Woodley can't necessarily play to the game that he wants to. That's huge. That's that's a lot of things that like weigh into a fight. Also, Woodley is kind of used to fights going his way. He's kind of used to being able to force people to play into what he wants to be doing, which most of the time, or recently anyways, has been ground game. Um, He hasn't necessarily really wanted to be standing up most of the time. The only time that he really, I guess, kind of had to make a decision of how he was going to play the fight was his fight against uh, Wonderboy. Um, And in that fight, it kind of turned into, I would say, a stalemate for the most part. First one was called a draw. Second one, uh, Woodley won. So... The interesting thing about that is that Usman has actually fought somebody that's good on the ground and good with submissions in Damian Maya. And he's also fought a relatively good striker, Rafael Dos Anjos, and he won decision fights over both of them. Not to mention he's on a 13 straight win streak. That's not something that's easy to do, okay? It's not something that you can just come into the UFC and beat guys like Damian Maya and Rafael Dos Anjos, regardless of their age, um, because they are very technical fighters. Woodley is a very technical fighter. He won via DR's choke. That's not something that's easy to pull off in mixed martial arts, believe me. It's not an easy thing to do. So I guess what it boils down to is who's going to play whose game. Does Usman think that he can maybe outground ty- uh outground Woodley or does Woodley think maybe he can outstrike Usman the thing is Usman is fast he's strong and he's he's a lot taller than Woodley is okay three inches might not seem like a big deal but depending on who you ask three inches can make or break a fight okay so this time even though I said that maybe maybe Woodley can pull this off I think that like with how in his own head Woodley is when it comes to fighting I actually think Usman is going to take this. So I'm going to be taking the underdog. Now let's move on to the main event of the evening. All right. 
So let's talk about the big boys, all right? Johnny Bones Jones versus Anthony whoever Smith. I could probably end this now and say take Jones minus 1100, but you guys know I'm going to have to go through the details anyways, because that's what you want. That's what you guys listen to me for, because I don't just spew out nonsense, right? So I'm going to tell you why. Here's the thing. John Jones is a man on a mission right now, and Anthony Smith is quite literally in the way. Now, speaking from a statistical sense, Jones has an eight-inch reach advantage on him. If you don't believe me, if you don't believe me, if you guys think that I'm just talking right out of my butthole, just go ahead and look it up. Look how look look up how long John Jones's arms are, and then look at Smith. I'll just tell I'll save I'll save you a little bit of trouble. John Jones, 84 inch reach. Anthony Smith, 76 inch reach. Do the math real quick. Four and four equals eight. Eight inch reach advantage. John is a much more accurate striker. And honestly, a better takedown artist. Some of the times, like a lot of people forget that about John Jones is that he is able to basically take the fight wherever he wants it, whether it's submission, whether it's stand up, whether it's knockout, whether it's decision, whether it's grind out, it doesn't matter because John Jones can basically win from anywhere. Now, I'll talk about Anthony Smith a little bit. Here's Anthony Smith's notable wins. A old Mauricio Shogun Hua and a old Sugar Rashad Evans. Um, if you guys want to play the cricket music right now, you can go ahead and do that because I I hate to tell you this if you guys are Anthony Smith fans, which I don't think you are, but if you are, I hate to tell you this, those wins don't really matter when the guys are basically so far past their prime. It's ridiculous. Whereas John Jones coming right back into his own, want to make a name for himself, wants to take everybody out of contention in that light heavyweight division and move up to heavyweight where he can take on more competitive and harder hitting people. Now, John's notable wins, everyone in the decision that decision, everyone in the division that matters, John Jones has beat. The fact that he beat Daniel Cormier twice. Now, I know what you guys are thinking. You're probably thinking, well, there was a drug thing and, you know, this, that, and the other thing. Don't worry about that. We're not talking about that. We're not talking about drug use or anything like that. Those were things that he didn't necessarily know were in him. He has tested positive or tested clean now. Um, and even with those, even with that whole thing being in there, he beat them based off of technique. That's that's the way that he beat Gustafson. That's the way that he beat Cormier. That's the way that he's beat everybody since he's been doing it. Jones's only loss was when he got DQ'd, and that is out of 24 fights. He had a huge knockout over Gustafson. The thing is, John Jones is the most dominant fighter in the UFC. He has been for some time. Now, if somebody comes at me, and I swear, if somebody comes at me and they say Mighty Mouse is the most dominant person in, no, 125 does not count as a division. It does not count as a division. I'm sorry. It doesn't. You're too small. You're way too small. Go up to 135, fight TJ Dillashaw, then maybe we'll talk. But up until that point, up until he fights somebody that's at 135, I'm not, Mighty Mouse will not get mentioned. I'm not going to talk about him. Is he a good fighter? Sure. Okay. But 125 is a division that I barely ever even pay attention to. It's for me, a throwaway division. If they, if, if Dana decided that he was going to merge 125 with 135, I think that's the best decision that he could make as far as division merging goes. Um, but we're not talking about that, those guys. We're talking about the pound for pound guy that I think has been number one ever since he's been in the division and in the UFC, and that's John Jones. Okay, Daniel Cormier is not an easy guy to beat. 
and he's definitely not an easy guy to take hit from. Yet and still, John knows how to stay away from those hits. So whatever big hit Anthony Smith thinks he might be able to land on John Jones, he's already seen it. And he's been hit by people that hit a lot harder than him. Daniel Cormier hits hard as hell. Alexander Gustafson, great technique guy. So if I was thinking about Anthony Smith, I'm not going to put Anthony Smith on the same level as Alexander Gustafson or as Daniel Cormier, okay? So he's below those guys, and if John dismantled both of those guys, then by the process of elimination, Anthony Smith does not have a chance to win this fight. So John minus 1,100 is kind of a is kind of a no-brainer, to be honest, okay? So regardless of where this fight goes, whether if it's on the ground, whether it's standing up, whether it's whatever, John Jones will win this fight. Um, it's a five-rounder because it's a heavyweight fight, or not a heavyweight fight, light heavyweight fight, but it's five rounds because it's a championship fight. This thing is not going five rounds. It's The only way that it goes five rounds is if John decides that he wants it to go five rounds. If not, I'm saying maybe second round, maybe even third round, he knocks out Anthony Smith or submits him. Um, that's just the way that I see that going. Now, the the thing about this is I don't want you guys to think that, you know, I'm so against like an underdog winning or something like that. Cause I'm not, I'm not under that. Okay. I'm not, I'm not like, I don't hate it when an underdog wins. It's just, this guy is not ready to fight somebody like John Jones. Everybody knows that. That's my time for the week. You guys heard the picks. I'm taking Cody, Zhang, Lawler, Usman, and Jones. Um, I went pretty heavy, I think, with the underdogs, and I'm super happy about that. But make sure you follow me on Instagram. Submit your picks at um, at All Good Points Podcast. Uh, leave a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also now catch me on Wednesdays at 11.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Times. Time, Jesus Christ. On the coming write-up or... It's comingrightup.org. I swear, one of these days I'm going to get my outro right. Anyways, have a great fight weekend, guys. Have a wonderful weekend, okay? From me to you, I will see you next week. Back with some more some more sports for you guys. Remember, get your gym shakers too, all right? Later.